And it's my privilege at this point to, to ask one of our own to come. Uh, Ken Sullivan's going to come and he's going to share the word this morning. Just, uh, just be in a place, just have an open heart to what God is speaking uh, to us through, through Ken this morning. And, and uh, he'll be close enough for me to throw something at him if he gets out of control. So we're, we're, we're good. I'm pretty confident that it'll be all right. How you doing? So I've got a bizarre thing to do first, a couple bizarre things before we even start, but uh, I had a message from my cousin who's here from England and she's attending another church this morning. And uh, she asked, she messaged me and asked me if I was coming to that church to see her, my daughters leading worship there and all that stuff. And I said, no, I was speaking here. But she had a dream last night that I prayed for her and she really encountered God in a fresh way. So I'm going to pray for her. I said, look, I'm preaching this morning, but I'm going to pray for you where I'm preaching because I think God is beyond space and time and geography and all that stuff. So um, that we're just going to believe that she's going to really encounter God in a fresh way. What do you guys think? Will you guys agree with me on that? So let's start there. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for family. I thank you, Lord, that you are so huge. Lord, that you're beyond what we can think or imagine. And Father, I pray for a special blessing over Denise right now. Lord, as she worships you, Lord, I pray that you would, she would encounter you in a fresh, wonderful, beautiful, bizarre way. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. A little bizarre, but God can be a little bizarre sometimes. The other thing is this. So um, I had the honor to be asked to share this morning. And I had in my heart something that I was going to share. And I was going to share about love. And then yesterday, I was hanging out with Jesus, and I felt uh, a little something different, and I was going to preach on freedom. And I woke up this morning, my eyes popped open, and I thought I was going to preach on love. And I even told Pastor Debbie, I said, I'm preaching on love. And then during worship, um, that all shifted again. So I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what to preach on this morning. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask for some help from you guys. So what we're going to do... Hopefully you guys are a little woken up this morning. On the count of three, I'm going to get all of you who want to hear a challenging message on love to just yell the word love. We're going to see how loud that is. And then those of you who want to hear about a really challenging word on freedom in Christ, I'm going to count to three. And those who want to hear that are going to yell freedom as loud as you can. And we're going to see which one's louder. How does that sound? You guys okay with that? Some of you are like, oh, God, why did I come this morning? <laughs> so the first one's going to be love. Both of them are going to offend you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> so the first one is going to be love. Anybody who wants to hear a great message on love, I'm going to count to three. It's going to be not on three, but on the four that you don't say after three. It's sort of the silent four. And you're going to yell love. You guys ready? You guys, maybe, we should, maybe you guys should stand up because you look tired. And this is going to help me out so I know what the heck I'm even preaching this morning. So on the count of three, but the silent four, this is for love first. All the freedoms, just don't say anything. You ready? One, two, three. Wow, that wasn't too bad. Okay. So here goes freedom. One, two, three. Freedom! Wow. Okay. See this one? It's gone. So you guys now have chosen what I'm going to preach. You can't get mad at me now. 
for what I'm about to say. So, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, for the honor to share your word and the honor to just bring new freedom to us all, Father, that we would look past the offense. One of my favorite uh, speakers, he says, sometimes the blessing is on the other side of the offense. And so, Father, we're not going to allow that to rise up in our hearts, God. We're going to, Lord, I just pray that you would just prepare our hearts to hear a word that's going to stretch us. Lord, I pray that all my words would do nothing but uplift you. And Jesus, I pray for new realms for people to step into this morning, Lord, that we'd shake off all that old religion and stuff that we've carried around for way too long. In Jesus' name. Galatians 5.1 was always a funny, I didn't give these guys any scriptures to put on the screen because I didn't know what I was preaching. So they're going to have to be fast. Or you can just put a picture of Pastor Glenn up there. That would be fine too. Galatians 5.1 in, in, in the New King James says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. I like the NIV version that says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. And that scripture for years always sort of puzzled me, because I thought, isn't that interesting? Like, it wasn't like he said, you know, it's so you can go out and heal the sick that I've set you free, or it's so you can walk in abundance that I've set you free. He just said, it's for freedom that I've set you free. Basically saying, freedom is so good, that's why I've set you free. And you know, true Christian freedom sets fear in the hearts of the believer. It really does, because... When you start to think about how free Christ has made us, it begins to make us feel uncomfortable. And I, I'm not saying this because this isn't my church that I'm pastoring. I've pastored churches, and I would preach the same thing to my own people. So I'm not trying to do anything. But Paul didn't say he Paul didn't say he set us free to do whatever God wants us to do. He actually has set us free in such a way that we're free to do whatever we want. And that freaks a lot of people out because we've been brought up in this mindset that, yeah, God has made us free, but it's free to do stuff within a certain context of what my leadership allows me to do. But he's actually made us so free. Get ready to start throwing stuff, Pastor Glenn. That's not freedom. If we were saved into a place where we're completely free to do whatever God wants us to do and nothing else, that's not freedom. That's just a different set of rules that we're allowed to live by. You know, I heard someone say once before, and it really changed my life, and you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but it says, love God with all your heart and do whatever you want. Think about that for a minute. See, because we have this list of what's okay and what's not okay and what I can do and what I can't do, but the reality is we're still going by a list. We're still checking off the things that God has allowed us to do or not allowed us to do. God has made us so free that it is scary, in a sense, until you understand the reality that when you're completely in love with somebody, you don't want to do stuff that's going to be stupid. <laughs> I've said this story a million times before, and I don't want to you know, get too weird, but I'm just going to say this. I know in my heart, this is going to sound weird, but I'm just going to say it because I, I want to stir you up a little bit. I know in my heart that if I messed up and cheated on my wife, she would forgive me. I honestly know that. And see, some people get freaked out at that because they think it then gives me the ability to go out and do it because I know she'll forgive me. But the reality is, is the fact that I know that she loves me that much actually makes me not want to do it. 
When you know somebody is so in love with you that you are almost free to do whatever you want and you haven't been given this list of rules, all of a sudden it changes your heart and it makes you desire to love them more and to do more for them. You know, we weren't put on this earth just to be loved. We were put on this earth to, be, to, to love. You know, too many people, and I, I preach this on Thursday. I preach on Thursday night at a church in Dartmouth, a Valentine's Day service. But too many people get into marriages thinking, I'm here to be loved. But in actual fact, that marriage, imagine if every marriage, if, if every husband and wife had the mindset that I'm getting my fullness from Christ, everything I need is found in him, as the scripture has said, and I am here to love rather than be loved. Because as soon as we get into a relationship with a marriage, a spouse, a partner, a parent, a kid, a family member, a church member, if we have an expectation that they're going to fulfill something in us, it's going to fail every single time. There is a freedom that's available in Christ. So, so some people will say, well, Ken, now you're saying I can do whatever, the, you know, whatever I want. That's stupidity. <laughs> well, I can go out and smoke dope and get drunk and act like a heathen. That's stupid. Could you? I suppose. Would God still love you? Absolutely. Why does God never fail? Because he can see beyond our mistakes and our accidents, and he can see beyond the junk that we're in right now, and he can see our created purpose, and can he see how our destiny, even though in the midst of it. But that doesn't mean that it's good for us. That doesn't mean that I have the freedom to go out and do whatever I want, and God is going to love me. I'm not going to say he's going to justify it. I'm not going to say it's okay. There are consequences to the things we do. But the fact that I've got the freedom to do that and know that he still loves me makes me not want to do it at all. Does that make sense? See, too often, you know, we get saved, and all of a sudden we trade one set of rules for another set of rules. I love reading my word because, not because pastor says you've got to read your word 15 minutes a day. I love reading my word because it's life. Because I love seeing what's in here. I love seeing, I, I know that the fullness of the Godhead dwells inside of me, and I love seeing what the heck that even means. You know, I believe that when you're in a place of a revelation of the fullness of the freedom that we actually walk in, I truly believe that that is the place where we're really going to hear and discern the word of the Lord and be able to begin to walk out his leading. Because we're not worried about sort of all the stuff that, the, the, that we think we have to do. See, obligation doesn't equal freedom. I, I went to a church many years ago. I'm not going to name the name because it doesn't matter. But they would have things going on in the church, and they would just put the word ministry at the end of it to make it sound like you had to be a part of it. So, like, the church had to be painted. They had a church painting ministry. So all of a sudden now I felt obligated because I'm saved. I've got to be part of this church. Meanwhile, I didn't want to paint the stinking church. Let somebody else paint the church. I'm called to something else. But see, as long as we're walking under that obligation of always feeling like I've got to be involved in all this stuff, I'm not saying don't get involved. We had a great service the other day. God's calling you to be a part of something. But I'm saying if, if we're just doing stuff out of obligation, it's not freedom. Not only is it not fun, and quite frankly, we probably don't want you there because you're a grumbling boob. <laughs> Can I say that? Sorry. You can scratch that off the tape. 
when someone, when someone messes up, what happens is, and, and I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking to myself as well. We partner with fear. We feel like I, I have to protect this person. I have to ensure that they're going to be okay. I have to control this. And many times the thing that we love, we actually try to control because our very fear is that their mess up is greater than their destiny. What would it look like if even in the midst of their mess up, we could actually see their destiny and purpose and created image? I'm not saying you justify wrong you know, choices. I'm not saying that we sit around and say, hey, it's okay for you to blank. But I'm saying that in love, we can direct people and not place our own fears on God and use Him as our reason for control. I don't even know what I said there. I couldn't repeat it if I tried. <laughs> Was it? I'll have to go back and listen to the tape. We begin to think that sin, failure, falling short is more powerful than, dest- than destiny, and our control begins to turn into manipulation. And we project onto God the same fear that we have of sin. When in actual fact, I don't think that God's scared of sin at all. I think he knew it was going to happen before it happened. I think he loves you through it. I believe that God is so big that he's not freaked out at your sin. I, don't, I think he loves you enough that he's going to pull you out of that. He's not going to leave you there, but he's not freaked out. And see, we will, um, sometimes we will say God is... Uh, you know, angry about this, or God is upset about this, or God this, or God that, and really it's our own fear that we're projecting on God, and we're trying to use Him as our excuse for being creepy. Is it possible to walk in such a level of freedom that we can actually love people? He's not afraid of sin. See, I love this quote, when Pharisees are in the presence of sin, they're afraid, but when Jesus is in the presence of sin, He's the solution. How awesome is that? What if we really believe that our destiny, our kids' destiny and purpose was greater than sin? See, we all sit here and we say, you know, it's not about religion, it's about relationship, and we get up here and we think, oh, I go to this free church and blah, 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 and that's all fine and dandy until somebody breaks the rules that we're comfortable with. And then all of a sudden, our desire and our control turns into trying to get that person back into the place of abiding by the rules rather than a relationship with Jesus. And I'm I'm not this church. I'm not talking about this. I'm just talking about those churches down the road. (laughs) See, all freedom comes at a heart level. It's this whole Christian experience is not about, you know, um, changing the way we act. It's not about uh, doing things so they look good. It's about transformation. It's not about just stopping doing something. It's about being transformed in such a way that we don't want to do them anymore. See, I believe the church, again, not this one, the other one's down the street, but I believe that the church has become very comfortable with a a very high level of hypocrisy, where as long as we don't see the person doing it, then everything's okay, but really in their heart, they really want to do it. What would it look like if actually 
people could be real and say, hey, here's where I messed up, man. I'm sorry. And we could actually love them through that, pull them out of it. Nobody needs for us to say, you did this wrong, you did this. Everybody knows that they did that wrong. What they need is for somebody to come alongside them and say, you are so much greater than this. Your destiny and purpose is so much bigger than this. I see you rising up out of this place and walking in the fullness of your created image to see you changing the globe, changing the nation, changing your family. What would that look like? See, but as long as we're living in this bubble of, well, I don't see it, so it's okay, then everybody's fine and they come to church and plunk the bucket with their 10% or 20% or 50% or... See, people say the message of freedom and grace and the cross gives people an excuse to sin I think it actually gives people the power to overcome sin. And not only that, I really believe that this message actually reveals people's hearts because they feel free to actually be truthful instead of just walking around with this mask that somehow I have to pretend that I'm okay because it's Sunday. Does that make sense? Are you guys feeling a little bit stretched? All of our responses, not all, Many times our responses to sin are to bring somebody in a right relationship with the rules we're comfortable with. And every church has a different level, a different comfort level. You know, like faith is comfortable with a pastor wearing jeans and we can worship and raise our hands. Another church might think that raising your hands is the devil. I don't know what the rules are. Everybody's got to, and that's me as well. I'm learning to kind of say, God, I don't want comfortable rules. I just want my kids to see Jesus in me. I don't want to say, here's a list of the things. Can you imagine? So, so many times in Scripture, it, it says that we are the bride of Christ. That's scriptural. Can you imagine if Shelly and I got married and on our honeymoon, I handed her this list of things she had to do in order to stay in right standing with me? That'd be terrible. And she would have been like, see you later, sucker. I'm out of here. <laughs> what would it look like if relationships, spouses, and church family, if we just really loved each other? If we just knew their stuff and still loved them? It's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. There's people I still want to strangle. But I'm saying I'm closer today than I was last week. And God's been, you know, this whole journey in the last year and a half especially of just like learning what, what love even looks like. And that's the one you guys didn't want to hear. So I don't know what to tell you about that. But we don't get any brownie points for not doing it. We don't, you know, Isaiah 64, 6, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. So when we try to just not do something for the sake of not doing it, we're not getting any brownie points from God. I'm talking about an intimate level of relationship with Jesus where we're free to be led by the Spirit and free to hear His Word and free to hear His voice, where we are led by Him rather than the set of rules that everybody's comfortable with. I honestly think that that's when things are going to change. Intimacy is unattainable through a relationship of rules. And when we're freaked out by sin, that's an indication of how important the rules are to us. Oh my gosh, I found out my son was blankety blank. Not my son, my son's perfect, but <laughs> I'm pretending. 
What if we could just, you know, I, I really believe that the conviction of the Holy Spirit, some people think conviction of the Holy Spirit is, you know, Holy Spirit coming along and making you feel guilty. I don't believe that's, that's what it is. I think conviction of the Holy Spirit is when He comes alongside you and says, you are so much better than this. You are so beautiful. Why would you eat the trash when I've got a steak dinner for you? Well, I'm a vegan, so that's kind of weird. Why would you eat the trash? <laughs> Maybe God's speaking to me. I'm still learning. But I really believe that that's where it is. It's about an intimate relationship where we can get rid of all the rules and we can step into that place with him where we're not concerned. Again, I'm not saying that there isn't a time for correction. I'm not saying that Pastor Glenn and Pastor Debbie and Pastor Corey and everybody else on the leadership team, there isn't a time when they can speak into people's lives about stuff that is not healthy for them. So don't leave here today saying, well, Ken said I'm free to do whatever I want. Pastor Glenn doesn't have a right to say anything. He's your pastor. If you don't want him speaking to your life, find another church. If you want him helping you and guiding you, then hang out and we'll have fun. But um, it's about relationship with Jesus. It's about a complete freedom. Like, I know that there's people in the room right now that when I say that, it freaks you out because you're thinking about your kids or you're thinking about your spouse or you're thinking about somebody who, as long as they do things a certain way, you're okay. And all of a sudden now I'm saying you can just get rid of all that and actually believe the Holy Spirit can do his, his job and actually believe that a relationship with him is actually possible. It's got to be his righteousness, not, not man's idea of good and evil. You see, back in the beginning, um, there are two trees. Two trees, exactly. The tree of life and the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of life was a shadow of Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament, I always look for how is that a shadow of Jesus. I, there's a preacher that once said that the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed the new, the new Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. So I always like to look for Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. And when you look at the two trees in the garden, there's the tree of life, which, which basically was a shadow of Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says it imparts life. And then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We all know the story. Adam placed blame on Eve and said, the woman made me do it. And that's pretty much where society is today. Nobody wants to take any any of the credit themselves. But the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a shadow of the law. It was self-righteousness. It was performance. And it makes you guilty. As soon as Adam ate of that tree, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I'm naked. I got to hide. You guys know the story. And you see, when you look at those two, there's a righteousness of God without the law, which is a righteousness of God through Christ. And when you're when you're, when you're trying to follow lists and rules and regulations and things that you, your spouse is comfortable with or things that your church is comfortable with or all these things that are just another list of rules, essentially we're focusing on the wrong tree. We're still focusing on the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the best that we can get out of that whole concept or that whole way of doing things is just shifting a pe people around from one branch to the other, but they're still in the wrong tree. They go from the knowledge of evil to all of a sudden the knowledge of good, but they're still in the wrong tree. See, because that was 
the knowledge of good and evil. It's knowing right and wrong and just doing it out of obligation. So I don't want to be a, a church. I don't want to be a person. I don't want to be a, a dad who just shifts people around from one branch to the other on that tree. Because that whole tree is not the shadow of Jesus. The shadow of Jesus was the tree of life. And that's what we have to do. We have to start beginning to see people shift from just that tree of just trying to do it on their own to the tree of life. Does that make sense? How many people feel like they've been on the wrong tree for too long? <laughs> Just monkeying around, jumping around from branch to branch. It's time for us to focus on the proper tree. It's time for us to focus on Jesus, start putting our trust in Jesus, start walking in miracles and not second guessing what we might have done or not done. You know, how many times, like we, so when we were like in full-time ministry, we used to do a lot of street ministry and we'd pray for people on the street and all this fun stuff. And um, how many times, and I'm going to speak for myself, maybe this is you as well. I would see a need that I thought God wanted to touch. Somebody's limping or, or somebody needed something. Need, they needed Jesus. And I would feel in my heart that God wanted me to go talk to them. If you're ever wondering, by the way, if you see somebody sick and you're saying, God, do you want me to go pray for them? He does. That, that's a given. Um, but I would begin to approach that situation. The first thing that would happen is in my mind, all of a sudden, I think about the ways I failed that week. Maybe I raised my voice to Shelly or, you know, I, I didn't look at something properly or I thought about something incorrect. And all of a sudden, in my mind, this wasn't God. In my mind, I began to disqualify myself from that place of meeting that need through Jesus because all of a sudden I didn't feel good enough. See, I'm in the wrong tree. I'm starting to look at my own actions as to what made me worthy of stepping out and seeing somebody healed when in actual fact, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with everything that he did on the cross that made me worthy to be able to step out. It's not about me being right. It's about him being right. It's about him being in me and working through me regardless of what I did or didn't do that week. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you guys okay? Yeah. You all look like you're going to sleep. Yeah. We've got to start to live in that freedom and experience the, the, the fullness of that. In John 8, 32, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Like literal freedom. When you begin to understand the glory and the presence and how beautiful he is and how much he loves you, that other stuff begins to fall away. You don't even think about the rules anymore. Rules are there to keep people who don't understand him somehow in this weird area. Can you come up and just start playing a little bit? It makes me feel anointed. Is that okay? <laughs> Sometimes I need a little. I want him to play the whole time, and I thought, just play. I don't even have to speak. But there's a freedom available outside of our comfort zone. What would it look like if we walked in that? What would it look like to understand that he loves us so much? And you know what? The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. I have this really weird, crazy story about a cat that taught me that principle. I'm going to share it because it's bizarre. It has nothing to do with this, but it's just a good story. Steve the cat. So 
I hated cats my whole life. I thought they were a waste of space. I was a dog guy. It's just the way it was. I'm just being honest. And I had dogs growing up and cats. I thought it's weird. They pee inside in a box and I don't get it. And there's hair everywhere. And it just never made sense to me. And this is for years and years. And then maybe how long, Shelly, six, seven years ago, our neighbor, uh, this cat follows our neighbor home. And the cat decided it liked us better than her. So now this cat all of a sudden is hanging around our house all the time. And, and he's always outside our door. This is, on, this is true. It sounds like I'm making something, but this is true. She took him to the vet to try to figure out who owned him. She couldn't figure it out. So all of a sudden now it's this cat that she owns but loves us. So this, every time I go at the door, this cat is standing at the door. didn't matter, day or night, staring up. And I'd be like, man, this stupid cat. Like, and I'd step over it, and I'd go to my car, and, and I'd come home, and the cat had, if the cat heard our cars, it would come burning up the road and wait in our yard for us. This went on for weeks. I'd go in and go out, and I'd be like, what is this cat doing? And eventually, one day, because he so just wouldn't give up, I, I kind of, I'm walking out, I reached down, gave him a quick pat, and kept going. That was it. Now, all of a sudden, every time I'm in and out, I'm patting this cat. Next thing you know, I'm in love with this Steve the cat. Like, I understand cat people now. I get it. And, and for dog people, you're probably thinking the same way I would have 10 years ago, but they're really cool. So I'm telling somebody this story, not even thinking about anything. I'm just telling them this story. And I said, yeah, this stupid cat, his name's Steve, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, but you can't help but love him because he loves us so much. And God just went, and I went, oh, my gosh. Like, Steve, the cat, literally would not leave my door. He was there loving me whether I stepped over him, stepped past him, ignored him. And he, just by loving me so much, I love him. I love Steve, the cat. And I learned a biblical principle that I'd never actually experienced. I mean, we can say that, well, we love him because he loved us and we know the scripture and all that stuff. But I literally like experienced it in a manifest weird way through a cat. Why did I tell that story? I have no idea. But, but I just want to tell you that that's how much God loves you. And there's a freedom that's available. See, I could have done anything I wanted and Steve would have still loved me. I could have went out and acted like a retrobate and came home and he'd still be sitting at the door at three in the morning waiting for me. God is so in love with you. And he wants to break away all religion and all expectation and all that stuff. And he's more, he's more concerned with his relationship with you than he is with anything else. Than he is with how many people you raised from the dead. Than he is with how big your ministry is. Than he is with how much he gave at the offering last week. Than he is with how big your, your church is. He See, all that stuff is going to be an outflow. It's the fruit that, that's produced just by being grafted in with him. But it's about just hanging out with him. Don't worry, the fruit's going to happen. It's just about being, just being intimate with him. Isn't that awesome? That's freedom. Don't worry about the rules. The rules will take care of themselves if we'll just be intimate with him. Hang out with him. What does that look like? Hang out with him. What does it look like when you hang out with your wife? Hang out with him. Just always have him there. Spend a little time with them. Learn about them in, in this, this owner's manual here. Isn't that awesome? 
We're going to worship a little bit. Everybody stand. I'm just going to pray. And do, you, do you have anything? To, you probably want to come up and say a couple things, do you? Or no? So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for how beautiful you are. I thank you, Lord, for your freedom. I thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in this place. And, Lord, we just lift you up in this place right now. God, I pray even as people are sitting in their seats, Lord, they would experience healing in their bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that, that, that you are the one, you are the true healer, that you, you went to the cross, you took those stripes so I could walk in health in Jesus' name. And Lord, even though sometimes seemingly it doesn't, we don't see that in the natural, Lord, we're going to continue to contend for that. I'm never going to let my experiences dictate my theology. And my theology says that everybody that came to you was healed. And so, Father, until I see that fullness manifest in my life, I'm going to continue to press forward and believe for and declare and pray and, and, and just until I see that walked out. You know, Lord, you are just so beautiful. And we just thank you, Father, for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to come into a new place with you. Give us revelation to see what you've deposited in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say one more thing, and then I'm going to let you guys roll. A lot of people will say, well, I'm only human. That drives me crazy. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus came to earth to show us what just a human could do when they're filled with God. That's a high bar, I know, but he'd never call us to something that wasn't available to us. So the next time you're about to say, well, I'm only human, just think about it for a minute. Jesus was human too. If, if, if Jesus had an ace up the sleeve with something we don't, then it's really hard for him to be our example. How can we say, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but... I mean, let's be honest, he was God. He was, he was fully God, he was fully man, but he was, he was walking in the same, I don't want to even say limitations, he was walking in the same place that we are, but he showed that even as, as a man filled with God, and you know what, everybody in this place who's, who's accepted the Lord is a human filled with the Godhead. So we can't say, well, I'm only human. Let's step into the fullness of that. Wouldn't that be awesome?